Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series. I am Amy Zellmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I will be chatting with Mira Bartok about her TBI journey and her new book. This episode is brought to you by Minnesota Functional Neurology, a Minneapolis-based clinic staffed by a caring and progressive team of functional neurologists who are experienced in treating post-concussion rehabilitation, chronic pain, dizziness, whiplash, and migraine. They're the concussion doctors you can trust for comprehensive brain health in Minnesota. They have greatly helped me and many others in the Twin Cities. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Amy Zellmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I am a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, and I volunteer on the Brain Injury Association of America's Advisory Council. And I recently released my first book, Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and be sure to check out the Brain Health Academy that I've co-created with Sue Wilson of CTE Hope while you are there. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zellmer. Today's guest is Mira Bartok, and she is the author of the New York Times bestselling memoir, The Memory Palace, which won a National Book Critics Circle Award for Autobiography Noble Discover Great New Writers Selection and was voted Best Book of 2011 by the Chicago Tribune and Washington Post. Mira has written and illustrated numerous nonfiction titles for children and has also edited and translated several picture books into Italian, Norwegian, and Sami. The Wonderling is her first novel for young readers. And welcome to the podcast, Mira. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So, Mira, you yourself um, are a TBI survivor. And I would love to just start with you sharing a little bit about your experience and your journey since then. Um, well, first, I actually, um, in my book, I, you know, I ta- in the Memory Pals, I talk about this terrible car accident I had. But actually, um, the year before that, I, I also fell on the ice. Um, I was, um, uh, they, we had uh, a lot of black ice. at the, It was uh, January of 99, okay. and there was a lot of black ice. And so I had, um, I, I slipped and fell and fell straight back on my head, the back of my head, and was out, out. I don't know how long. So, by, but by the end of the year, after a, about a, almost a year was up, I was almost a hundred percent back to normal. But then I was, um, I was in a, uh, on the New York Thruway with a guy I was dating at the time who was driving my car. And um, I was uh, looking at the, you know, by my feet for, for cassette tapes and CDs and so on. And um, this, 18 wheeler tractor trailer um the the truck driver 
I can't remember if he either fell asleep or he lost. I think he fell asleep. I'm not sure. I just can't remember because I just don't remember all the details. But yeah. he was you know, bare, I get that. But he was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's still that way. But he bar- he was barreling, you know, down the throughway about 60, 65 miles an hour. And he just must have noticed the car or woke up at the last minute and he swerved to the right, which was the side I was sitting. So he rear-ended um, my car, um, and and I didn't have airbags. You know, it's an old car, no airbags. And um, but my head, you know, I had what they what they call, um, uh, of course, I can't remember axonal. It's a it's a oh, coup contre coup axonal. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> you must have a lot of conversations with people who just. You both try to remember the names of things. Yeah. Um, um, it's just yeah, you gotta laugh anyway. So so um, so it you know that accident was I I only lost consciousness for just a few seconds, unlike the first one where I I was out for a few minutes, but it was much more serious. But of course, as we know, you know this ridiculous Glasgow coma scale, nobody took it as seriously right. as they should have. At first, and it was much more serious. Um, and I had, you know, I also had a lawsuit going at, against the trucking company because um, I just couldn't function. You know, I, I could barely read a paragraph. Um, I had been a freelance writer and artist and, you know, had done this whole series of books and I was doing, um, and I was, you know, teaching part-time and I was writing. I couldn't work. I just couldn't work. And, um and I had a, my lawyer just didn't get the medical, she didn't understand brain trauma. Yeah. She was terrible. <laughs> and, um, and, and I, and, and I didn't even get in to see a neuropsychologist until a year after my accident. Even my doctor back then, I had a different GP who didn't even know what one was in, you know, and um, so once I got in to see her and she did testing and, and, um, she, you know, she was fantastic, um, and she was just—I I no, never used the word savior, but she, let's just say she was my guardian angel, and she was fantastic and and helped um, give me some, you know, some you know, basic just help and how to manage my life and how to lower my expectations of myself because I just kept thinking I could do what I used to do, but because it was, you know, it was a second head injury and my brain was already vulnerable. Um, I just, it took a long time for me to get, you know, to conquer certain things. Um, and some things I've never, you know, have never improved. I can't, you know, drive more than like 45 minutes to an hour. Um, my memory is, is much better than it was. I mean, the memory palace, I wrote that every, every chapter, if I wrote something one day, I would completely forget it the next day. Um, but, um, and my mental endurance is, is pretty it's much better, but definitely not, you know, it's not, it's not great. Um, you know, I, I ha- if I'm working on a project like my new book, The Wonderling, which is um, a totally different kind of book, um, I have to really, um, you know, I have to really limit social interactions and limit being in noisy ref- restaurants and all that sort of thing. But early on, you know, the first, the first few years were pretty tough, especially the first two years. I just call them the lost years. Um, I just don't, you know, I, I mean, I just, and I, and I had stuttered and I had trouble, you know, I had aphasia and all those things. Um, 
that, you know, now I don't, I don't have that. I do, I still forget words, um, but it's just, most of it is this, you know, it's that kind of invisible disability thing where you just, you just, you look normal, you sound normal, (laughs) you write these books, you do these public appearances, um, and people don't, except the people who are really close to you, they don't see you when you're completely exhausted and can't bear to, you know, talk to anyone and you need recovery time. They just don't get it. So I think that's probably the thing that I deal with the most is just the fact that most people don't understand the need for your your recovery time and your solitude and all that sort of thing. Even close friends, it's very hard for them to understand. I don't know if you have the same, same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I found that I'd surrounded myself with other friends who themselves have had a TBI. Like we're like a close knit mm. group of friends because we get it. And, you know, yeah. if you're hanging out and one person starts zoning out, you're like, do you need to go lay down for a minute? Yeah. You know, yeah, like that we can read so each important. other. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I call them my regular friends. Um, they all kind of drifted away. And, you know, I talked mm. about this the other day. I'm like, you know, I'd rather, so they kind of quit inviting me to things because I would always say no. I'd rather be invited and have the option to say no um, than yeah. to not be invited. It hurts to not be invited. Um, and so that's a message I like to kind of put out there for caregivers and friends and family and coworkers, like keep inviting them, you know? Yeah. They, keep they know yeah, every keep, single time. It, I, I sent out a, I sent out a, a couple, you know, big emails over the years and just sort of tried to lay out what it's like to actually experience what I'm going through. And one of the, one of the things was always like, don't, you know, don't stop inviting me. It, you know, one of these days I might be able to go. And then, you know, and it'll be worth worth uh, having to rest two days after that, you know, yes, that I might yes. I might be able to go. So don't don't, you know, but some, you know, and and you do. It's like the you do you do find out who your true friends are. You definitely do. Um, what's been great is I've reconnected with all these childhood friends from from um, when I grew up in Ohio, I was born in Chicago, but I grew up in Ohio and um, we've every year we get together at this little cottage and um, most of them are still in Ohio, but I've got a one in Minnesota and one, you know, my sister comes to, and it's like, they just get it. I, I don't, it's like they all get it. Part of it is that I think they're all, almost all of them are nurses and and very empathetic. Um, they're all very empathetic women, and so when I'm with them, it's like I, none of them are disabled, none of them have a TBI, but they just get it, and they just are always check in with me, but not in a condescending way. Um, it's such a God. It means so much. It's so much it better than you know. When people say, but they think you know the typical thing. Well, they 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 think they're being nice and good by saying, well, you don't look, you know, like, yes. I just, you don't look, <laughs> you know, I saw you out and about, I saw you at that party, you know, so you, you know, I don't know why you say you have a, I'm, or I'm like that too. Oh, I'm always like that. I, and then I always say, well, that I didn't happen overnight. 
Yeah. And they're, you know, they're well-intentioned, but it's like, you know, know. It, didn't ha- it, it happened overnight. It happened overnight. And, and, and you, you know, and, and some of it is permanent. And then as you age, it gets worse. So, so, um, however, some things have gotten much better for me um, even as I've aged. So that's pretty exciting. Even years later when people say, oh, there's a three-year plateau or there's a, you know, it's, oh, it's know. really not true. It's not at all. And I was even told, so, you know, listening to you talk earlier about the immediacy after your accident, you know, that was, what, 2000. Just to see how much better it's gotten in the last 17 years, you know, like, I mean, my doctor, my, my accident was only three years ago, and my neurologist was like, the first time I saw her at, I think it was like 10 weeks, well, let's just give it a little bit more time and see how it goes. Mm. And, you know, you trust your doctors. We're, we're, we have been right. bred to blindly just believe our doctors, right? Right. And so you just trust them. And then I went back. She's like, if you're not feeling better in six months, come back. So I go back in six months, which is now like eight months into my injury. And she's like, okay, let's just give it a little bit more time. And then I go back at a year. And at a year, she's like, well, it's been a year. So now this might just be the best you're going to be. And it's like, but why didn't we do something two months ago then? Like, you know, like it was so confusing to me. And then now I understand your brain can continue to heal for many, like forever, you know, if you're willing to do some work to try it, you know? Um, Well, and and I, and I learned, you know, (laughs) after, after I had four years of this horrible lawyer, um, I called up a a TBI hotline, legal hotline. um, And the guy said, well, there and I was looking for a lawyer barred in um New York. I live in Massachusetts, but the accident happened in New York. And he said, Well, there's Michael Kaplan who started the Brain Injury of New York, Brain Injury Injury Association of New York. He's the best guy around, but he only does high profile cases. And um I ended up getting him and I learned so much about my own medical situation from Michael. I mean he's amazing right. and he 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 said you were going you were seeing the wrong doctors. You need to you need to see some really great doctors and and um and he got me into the best like the best doctors in the country and um I was oh my god I was astounded at the difference just astounded except for my neuropsych doctor who remained incredible and we stayed in touch um I just had no idea that I was going to just the worst possible doctors and, you know, and now, you know, my, my healthcare team is fantastic. I love my GP. I love everybody. I don't see a neurologist anymore. Um, there's kind of no point and there's, um, but, but, um, I, I, I just, I have a really, it's really, it really made me just, just, you know, make very good decisions on doctors and, and if I you know, I, I basically, you know, they say when you meet someone in the first 15 minutes, you can decide, you know, can tell whether you love them or not, or like you can tell a lot about them. It's just, you know, relationships with a doctor. It's a, kind of the same thing. If they never make eye contact, they're always looking at their computer. If they just show no sign of empathy, I'm out the door. You know, I'm, so. I'm, I kind of am right there with you. Like I found, I have found an amazing doctor with Dr. Schmo and 
you know, I realize that not everybody can get here and get to see him, right? So I try to help people find mm. someone near them. But it's like, if just trust your instincts. Like, if they're not, because like I said, we're so conditioned to just trust your doctors. We don't question them. Right. But we should be questioning them if they're not helping us. You know, they're there. Well, they work I'll, for us, I'll not the other I think, way around. I also I also think that women in general, we just, we try to be nice and we try to give people, I don't know, I'm probably, you know, taking a, making a leap here, but I just, at least my generation, you know, we're, we're, we're just, you know, be, you know, don't make waves and just, you know, this is a doctor they gave you and be nice and be compliant. And um, as I've gotten older, I'm just like, no. Not, that no, that, <laughs> that that way I was brought up is not working for me. So, well, anyway. and it's like if the doctor's not giving you answers, or you know they're they're blowing you off, or telling you that it's not possible. Like I mean, I'm amazed how many doctors tell people it's not possible to still have PCS, you know, post concussion syndrome, um, after like six months. And it's like, well, wait, it's not even considered PCS until, like, six months. Like, it's just, you know, some of the doctors yeah. out there, I feel like, just haven't kept up with education. Definitely not all of yeah. them. I'm not trying to say all doctors are awful because there are amazing doctors and therapists and PTs and OTs. Um, but it's the ones that just refuse to acknowledge that it exists. And yeah. It's just, it's amazing what they tell patients and then they believe it. So, well, yeah. I just, I feel, oh, yes, go on. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, no, so okay. you were writing before your, your brain injury. So you were already an established author and illustrator, correct? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, and I had, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had my first love, my first career was a gallery artist, actually. It had nothing to do with illustration. That kind of came late, and um, and I still, I'm not sure I'm great at it. I'm just, you know, I'm still, I still, um, it's very different than being a gallery artist. So I'm, um, um, but I, yes, I was writing for a living. Um, I wrote a lot, um, pretty big series of books um, on different cultures, ancient cultures and native american cultures and and then um had gone uh, had been on a fulbright um to living in a, a sami community they're what you know they're they're the laplanders people know them as in northern uh, in above the arctic circle in northern norway and i lived there um i lived there for a a, a good chunk of a year went back two years later came back in um the fall of came back in August at the end of August '99, and then and had enough material. I had started. Um, I was about three quarters of the way through a book about those people, and then I had my brain injury three weeks later, and then I never, like, I couldn't even remember. I couldn't remember that. Like, what's this material? What's this? I mean, I just couldn't. I didn't. It was like a stranger had had, you know, made a pile of paper. Uh, you know, and I just didn't know what was on. It was like I, I didn't, I didn't remember anything, so or very little about the experience. And um, so, you know, I, after that, you know, it was just a slow process. And and eventually, I went. Eventually, um, I started going to, you know, like a weekend writing 
workshop here and there. Um, I got a lot of help from grants um, um, and and uh, fellowships, you know, to sort of keep me going. Um, and I also went on disability. But you know, it was, things were pretty tough financially. Um, and mm-hmm. um, but then, but then eventually, you know, I I I felt like I had the mental endurance to. I went back to school. I went to and got a master, my second master's in MFA in fiction. And um, so I went to the University of Massachusetts at Amherst and went got into their writing program. I had a lot of problems, you know, sort of being in classes and taking on the workload. So I, a lot of those classes I ended up doing as independent study. Um, and because I, I would might be able to read most of the readings, but then I would forget them right away. So that was mm-hmm. a little problem, yeah. bit of a problem. But through that, you know, I wrote my, I ended up not writing, I wrote fiction, but I also was writing nonfiction and that my thesis became the, the um, foundation for the memory palace. And that came out in 2011. And then um, there was a lot of pressure to work, you know, because it was pretty successful to work on another nonfiction book. Um, But I just wasn't into it. And um, my agent, my literary agent was so great. She said, you know, you need to write what you're most passionate about and not worry about, try not to worry about the money. And, and so out popped this little, is the Wonderling, which um, you know, it was crazy, crazy story. I I wrote only a quarter of the book, and my agent thought it was, you know, good enough to send out, which is really kind of taking a risk. And um, and while she and there there were several publishers interested in it, and a couple of weeks before the book auction, because a book auction happens when you know more than you know a couple publishers are interested. Um, she, my agent, was at a meeting in LA for at um, in Hollywood for another client, and she happened to have her laptop open. And my one of my illustrations for the book for the Wonderling was on her laptop. And the head of that division of CAA, um, you know, that's the agency that represents Meryl Streep and all these, you know, and famous directors and so on. She happened to see my main character, asked about the book, read it. She and her colleague read it overnight. What what was what what existed because there was only a quarter of the book written, and sent it out to a group of A-list directors and producers. And by Monday, there was a bidding war in Hollywood over it. And I sold. <laughs> it's crazy. It was crazy that you know just that this person with a TBI who had only part of a book written. This it's just it it was like a crazy story and. And then on Monday, on that Monday, um, the Fox, there was a bidding war, and Fox 2000 ended up with it. And the director um, was is Stephen Daldry, who did you know the Hours and the Reader and um, uh, Billy Elliot and the Crown and, at Netflix and working title films in the UK is the um, that's the production company. And I've been involved every step of the way, and it's kind of crazy. So is your book being made into a movie also? Is that what's um, happening with it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I sold the rights to to be made oh into a movie God, and, a po- awesome. and, and possible possible Broadway musical. Yeah, it's crazy. That's so, yeah, so awesome. So, so 
So I, yeah, I have a copy really of the book, and so you consider it? It's what middle grade reading? Yeah, it's. I would say, um, you know, they're they're saying it's like ten to fourteen, but it's it's um, a lot of people who and teachers have said it's a great read aloud for younger kids, yeah. like seven, eight, nine. Um, but there, you know, there's also been this adult crossover, like there was with the Harry Potter, um, yeah, Harry Potter books. Um, so, so uh, you know, I've had a lot of adults, adults read it too. It's, it's the cutest, I haven't finished it, but it's the cutest book and your illustrations are just amazing. I'm like, this is just the Thank most you. adorable little book. I love it. Um, it's actually Thank quite you. a long book. Um, it's a long book, but it goes, but it goes quickly. <laughs> yeah. So I promise. So it tell goes us. Quickly. So tell us the gist of what you want people, like, don't give away the spoilers, but, you know, what you want people to take away from the book, because I know it has special meaning to you. Um, I think that, you know, at the heart of the book, it's a story about hope in these dark times. You know, it's it's a story about, um, you know, it, it, the book harkens back to, I would say, you know, beloved fairy tales and books like The Lord of the Rings, where where even the smallest of creatures can change the course of history. Um, you know, it 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 has to do with um, discovering. Like, you know, I guess at the heart, it's it's the heart of the book is empathy and the and hope and friendship and the power of music, to, uh, because there's a lot about music in the book. Um, so. And be, you know, my character is really bullied um, in this horrible orphanage and, um, and he stutters. And so there's, you know, little, little, little uh, things that resonate that could mm-hmm. resonate with, you know, kids who are disabled because certainly I stuttered, but, um, you know, and he's dreadfully shy, but, but, you know, even in this terrible, terrible place, he makes and he discovers he has agency and he he does a very brave act and he sets off to find his destiny and um and he just he discovers he had has friends and he didn't know he had friends and um so it's you know i think it's a classic quest story and it's um you know i i hope that you know people who love you know books like books like um old classic books like wind in the willows um as well as books yeah. like, you know the Harry Potter um, books because there's a lot of magic in it and and a lot of dark magic and there's a lot of darkness in there but there's also so much hope and a lot of humor I mean I had a lot of fun writing this um it's such a different book than the Memory Palace which was so serious this was you know I got to you know come up with really bizarre cre- characters and creatures and uh-huh. sometimes <laughs> they do funny things and um, so. Um, yeah, I don't know if that, you know, I've, I always have a hard time with the elevator pitch because I think there are so many themes running through my book, but I think at the heart of it is probably, um, it's the importance of wonder and empathy and friendship. Yeah. 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 I can see that. Um, yeah, there's definitely little moments where I'm like giggling. <laughs> Good. Oh. Um, so Mira, we're just about out of time and this has been just a lovely discussion. Is there anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about? Um, 
I can't think of anything. Um, yeah, we uh, covered a lot of I, I, Yeah. Um, oh, just just if if people are interested in getting getting the book, I just always try to put a plug in for indie bookstores, you know, and really supporting your indie yes. bookstore. I know that you know you can get it cheaper on Amazon, of course, but um, you know, and that's fine. Um, but I. I really love supporting the brick and mortar stores um, and keeping local community, you know, businesses alive. And Oh, also there, I, I am, I have a, a relationship with a bookstore called the Odyssey bookshop in South Hadley, Massachusetts. And um, people can get signed copies from them um, if they're interested. And I will, if they tell the bookstore people who work there that they want a, a personalized book, they, they should contact the bookstore and let them know that um, before I leave for the holidays on the 22nd, because my, my book is, begins and ends at Christmas. So it's, it's kind of a Chris, I mean, you know, it's not, you know, it's definitely there's a right. vibe to it. <laughs> so it's kind of a, people say it's a good holiday gift, Hanukkah or Christmas. It's, uh, it, so that's my, that's my um, shameless self-promotional moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and do you have any book signings or any author appearances coming up? That was going to be my other question. Oh, I have um, one one left this season, and that's this Wednesday at um, in uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. Um, it is uh, at Forbes Library, and I'll be reading and, and signing books with two other authors, Ruth Lair, who actually is um, – uh, uh, is a, is a is an interpreter for um, the deaf population, and so the the the, the our presentations will be, um, um, you know, inter- there will be ASL interpreters there, which is great. And then um, Kelly Link, who's another author, will be there. Um, but then the next events will probably be in the UK and Germany. I'll be on um, because this book is coming out has come out all over different countries all over the world and it's coming out in more countries all over the world. And, um, it's kind of crazy. Um, if they want to, if anyone wants to read the, the really crazy, crazy story about how everything happened, um, with the book, there's an article called, uh, a magical start for the wonderling on publishers com. It's called a magical start for the wonderling. And it tells the story of just how all this stuff happened and, um, kind of where I came from and where, you know, the crazy movie story and, and all that sort of thing. But I will That's be doing so more. Fabulous. I, I will be doing more events when the paperback comes out and, um, and I hope to come to Minnesota and some, some other, um, some other, you know, states that I missed this fall. Well, I will come see you in Minnesota when you're here. You keep me posted. On okay, that. great. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for Mira, having thank me. Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation, and I just I wish you so much success. This is it's so exciting to see people persevere after a brain injury, and you know it gives others hope that that they too can you know have hope, um, and it you know it doesn't have to. You know, it's a struggle. It's a challenge. And like you said, you forget what you'd already written, um, but you've made it work. And look at the wonderling. This is just fabulous. So thank you so very much for sharing your story today. Well, thank you. And thanks for all the good work you do. And good luck with your career because you seem to be 
a moving and shaking kind of gal. So <laughs> thank you thank so you. much for having me on the show. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you have enjoyed today's show as much as I have. And again, you can find previous podcasts um, and learn more about me at facesoftbi.com. And just one final thank you to our sponsor, Minnesota Functional Neurology. Find them online at mnfunctionalneurology.com. And just thank you all so much for listening today. Thank you for being a part of my journey. And I will see you all again next time. Have a great day, everyone.